Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church. And what you're about to listen to was a sermon that was preached at our Wednesday night gathering from 6.30 to 8.30 with our students. So I hope that this sermon is encouraging and a blessing to you today. Thanks for listening. Amen. Hey, guys. It's been a while since I've been up here. Hey, Lily. Um, yeah, I think it was this past June that last time I preached to everybody. So it's been a while. Lots happened. It's 2021. Things have gone by fast. I miss junior high. I'm a high school leader now, so I'm lame. I don't get to be with the fun people anymore. You guys are a ton of fun. Um, I miss you guys a lot, but it's all right. You know, you guys don't need me anymore. You guys got a ton of great leaders. Um, so last week, you guys heard from Sam. Sam went through, well, we were going to the gospel series, right? So first, JT preached on God. God created and owns all things, right? He's all-powerful. He made you. He made me. He made everything. And then Sam, last week, preached on God's expectations, right? He used the example of, like, teachers and classrooms um, and how our teachers or our parents, if you're homeschooled, they have expectations that we should get good grades, and we have the social expectations of impressing our friends and everything, Right? Um, we have this backpack that we carry around. It's a burden because it carries all our supplies. And then we have the burden to like dress nice and to talk right so we can be popular. All these burdens that we heap up and those turn into God's expectation. He used that example to describe God's law. God's expectation is that we need to obey his law. Well, today we're going to move from the classroom outside, not recess, but we're going to move to the field. We're going to move to the Olympics. Do you guys know who the, what the Olympics are? I feel like most of you guys probably do. If you don't, we were supposed to have them this last summer in Tokyo. It's, COVID ruins everything, though, and so we couldn't. I think it's happening this summer now, which would be really exciting. Right. Thank you, Sebastian. So if you don't know what the Olympics are, every four years, all the athletes from every sport in every country go to one place, and they all compete to see who's the best at every sport. Okay? So we're going to go to the Olympics right now. But we're not going to go to watch. We're going to go to participate. We're going to perform in the Olympics, okay? We are going to be archers. You guys know what archery is, right? Sweet. You know, you have like a, a target, like 100 feet away. It's got a bunch of rings on it. You shoot it. If you hit a bullseye, you get a ton of points. If it's just the rings, you get less points. Whoever gets the most points gets the gold medal, and they win, okay? So we're going to go with a small team from America, with a much larger team from all the other sports of America, to represent America and to go win. But there's something you need to know. America never wins this. We've gotten a couple gold medals, but we're always like second. South Korea is our rival, not North Korea. They don't even play. They don't do anything. Um, we don't talk about North Korea. Uh, South Korea, though, we're allies with South Korea, except for archery. They are really good. They always win, and we always come in second. And so this is our time to win, and you are going to go, and you're going to win, right? So we're a couple days, we're in Tokyo, we're a couple days into the tournament, we're in the locker room, we're hyping up, we're listening to like dubstep or rap or something, I don't know, whatever you listen to to, to hype up. Waiting for the coach to come tell us it's our turn to go out, he comes in, he yells, yo, it's your turn, you're up. We burst out of the locker room and we are just overwhelmed. There are thousands of people in the stadium just cheering. There's announcements, there's screens, there's food, there's people yelling, there's horns, speakers, music playing. And who do we see? South Korea. They just got done. They're winning. And now it's my turn. Great. Awesome. Everything is on me. 
Everything hinges on this moment. Kind of freaking out a little bit, but I am here to do it. So first, I'm gonna walk over. I'm gonna grab my bow, all right? So we're gonna, yeah, that's right. Um, better watch out. So we're gonna inspect the bows, everything here. We got our scope, we have strings. That's always good. If you're gonna have a bow, you need to have strings. It's imperative. Um, we got everything here, right? And we're gonna, we're gonna grab an arrow, we're gonna see if it's straight, everything. This doesn't have a tip, you don't have to worry about it, okay? I am worried about the wall, though. Um, anyways, so we have this. We're still a little overwhelmed, so we just have to focus. We're gonna, we're gonna knock the arrow, we're gonna look down at the lane, right? It's about 100 feet away. Focus. Okay, we're gonna pull the string back. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I've trained so long for this, years, thousands of arrows. All right, so we pulled it back. We gotta focus. We're gonna take one deep breath. And everything goes quiet. I can't hear anything. I can't smell anything. All, yeah, all I can feel is the bow, and all I can see is the target. And all I have to do is aim and release. Oh, I'm just kidding. We're not going to shoot the bow. <clears throat> oh, what am I going to shoot it at? Does someone want to catch it? Yeah, sure. I will never preach again. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Uh, okay, no. So why, what does this have to do with expectations? What does this have to do with anything? Because last week... We talked about the classroom, expectations, but now we're talking about archery. Okay, open your Bibles to Romans Romans 3.23. You guys got it. It's one verse. It's not a lot. It's really important. All right. Romans 3.23. <clears throat> For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God has expectations. We learned this last week. And this week, we learned that we failed those expectations. We haven't met up to the standard that God has put for us. This verse asks three questions, all right? The first question is, what is sin? We kind of answered it with the title, right? It's failing to meet its expectations. But more precisely, when I sin, I'm failing to hit the target. So when I'm shooting the ball, what happens next is I completely missed. Like, I'm not even close right? It doesn't even hit the target. It goes flying off somewhere else, into the wall, right? That's what sin is. God's expectation, his law, is that we hit the target. But it's not just like hit it, like I'm not getting any of the outer rings. I'm hitting right in the bullseye, right? Not a centimeter off, not an inch off, not a millimeter off. I have to sit, hit right in the center. If I don't, South Korea wins, I have to hit that target perfectly, okay? And anytime I don't, anytime I'm just off or I am somewhere completely different, like I'm shooting Michael Phelps over swimming like a couple miles away, sin, that's sin. 
God's law, the Ten Commandments, are the target. And when I hit that target, that means I've kept the law. But the problem is, the verse says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've fallen short, right? So we don't hit the target. Every time we shoot and we miss, we're sinning. But imagine if you went up to shoot, and we didn't have Michael Phelps or anything, but instead, I like aim towards the wall, and all of a sudden, I just turn up and like hit a hot dog out of some guy's hand in the stadium. Like I aimed at him. Like Katniss, when she like shoots the apple out of the pig's mouth. You know that scene? I don't know if you guys have seen Hunger Games. Um, good movie, but it's morbid. Anyways, so uh, we hit this hot dog out of the guy's mouth, right? The problem is it wasn't an accident. Sin isn't just me making a mistake. I'm not just shooting and happen to miss the target. The problem with sin is that we do it on purpose. We're intentionally not hitting the target. When I told you that like everything hinges on this moment and we're here to win, that's a lie. We came to lose. We came to betray America and we came to make South Korea win. Kind of sounds weird, but that's what sin is. <clears throat> God's expectation, just like the Olympic Games, is for us to be perfect like him. We never break any of the commandments. If you miss once, you failed. If it's a centimeter off, like I said, you failed. And when we do not do that, we disobey God. There are rules to this game. If you don't play it right, you've disobeyed. Not only have we not played the game right, we've aimed on purpose away from the target to something else. Sometimes we don't even shoot. This is the problem with sin. We've failed to meet God's glory. We've fallen short of his glory because we intentionally do it. It goes deeper than that, though. Like I said, sin is not a mistake or an accident, it's a deliberate disobedience. So like every time you disobey your parents, every time you talk back to them, every time you listen to or watch something you shouldn't, when you make fun of somebody, when you gossip or spread rumors, when you get jealous of people's clothes, money, shoes, or AirPods, when you lie, when you love anything like video games, sport, art, theater, schools, friends, movies, anything more than God, you're sinning. There's another aspect of sin that kind of completes this answer, though. So sin is disobedience, intentional disobedience to God. But it's also failing to represent God. Because, you know, like when we went to the Olympics, we came in an Olympic uniform that has the colors of America on it. Our bow is red, white, and blue. Our arrows are red, white, and blue. And we have the flag on it. And we're trying to beat, as a nation, other nations. You're coming to represent America and the president. So just like that, you are made in the image of God. We are sent and created by God to reflect him and to represent him to the earth. Think of like a, uh, like a Baby Yoda doll, right, from The Mandalorian. That Baby Yoda doll isn't Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda doesn't exist. I wish he did. But he represents the Baby Yoda that's in the movie or the show, sorry. Okay, he looks like Baby Yoda. If you play with him, maybe he acts like Baby Yoda, but it's not Baby Yoda. In the same way, you're made in the image of God. You're made to be like God, to represent him. And when I sin, I'm failing to represent God. I'm tarnishing that image. 
It's not only that I'm not failing to represent him, but also, junior higher, I'm running to represent myself. I want to be my own God. I want to be the image of myself. I want to reflect myself. In both of these, my failure to represent God and my intentional rebellion and disobedience are both done intentionally, whether you know it or not. But why? How is it that you're able to do that without knowing it? Why is that we're sinning to begin with? Well, that's the answer to the second question. Why do we sin? Because sin is in our nature. To answer this, we need to go all the way back to Genesis, to the creation account, right? God created everything, and then the last thing he did before he rested is he created us. He created Adam, and then he created Eve, and he put them in the garden with him. They're innocent, they're guiltless, they're pure, they walk with God, they loved him, they're in his presence. He made a covenant with them. One rule, obey me and live. That rule is don't eat of that tree over there. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it. And as soon as Adam, Eve got deceived, Adam ate of that apple. Sin came into the world, corrupted everything, corrupted his heart. And because we're all from Adam, we now carry that sin that entered into his heart. And now our hearts are completely corrupt. And all of creation is corrupt. Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is desperately sick and deceitful above all things. So anytime you've watched a Disney movie or you've watched some movie or TV show or you've read a book or your friend or your teacher has said, follow your heart, that's a lie. That is evil. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do. I am sorry. But last time I followed my heart, I ate like 10 McChickens. That is the wrong decision. Don't ever do that. They taste, they're cheap, okay? I'm sorry. I'm in school. I have expectations. Student debt's real. I'm going to cry now. Anyways. <laughs> Our heart is desperately wick, wicked. We can't follow it. We can't trust it. Everything that we do is tainted by sin because we love sin. We love evil. We hate God now. Because Adam represents us, because he's the first person, or he, he's the father of all life, and Eve is the mother of all life, he was the firstborn of all creation, he's what we are represented by, and he's evil, and he sinned, and so we sin. And so that's why we keep doing it. We can't help it. We love to do what's evil. We desire it. We prefer it. Sometimes we do good things, but they're, they're never perfect. They always miss the mark. So every time like your mom asks you to do something, you're like, yeah, I'll do it. And you go do it. That's great. Keep doing that. Honor your mother and your father. But the problem is it's never good enough. So, I mean, we've answered the question already, the last one. We know that sin is deliberate disobedience and a failure to represent God. We do it because Adam sinned and now we sin. We love evil and since everybody comes from Adam, everyone sins. The verse is clear of this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. Me and you are sinful. Everyone that has ever lived, that is living, and is going to live, has, is, and will sin. There is no stopping it. Every moment, every minute is, that goes by is not done without sin. 
Sometimes we think we're doing good. Sometimes we think I'm a good person. You can ask somebody. If you asked yourself honestly, or you wouldn't ask somebody, are you a good person? They'd pretty much always answer, yeah, I think I'm a good person. What that is, is like if I went to the tournament and the target's right there and I grabbed like a bunch of hot dogs, I like using that example. I used hot dogs, I formed them into a circle, spray painted a couple rings on them, it's like 10 feet away, I shot it and I was, hey look, I won, I hit the target. Look, I did it. Well, if you saw that, you wouldn't be wrong in calling me an idiot. It's stupid. And God is faithful in his law and because we're made in his image in our conscience that we know the difference between right and wrong. And he shows us that that's idolatry. When we create a God and a standard that fits our mold so that we feel like we're doing the right thing, that's when you listen to your heart. That's what you do. You make a hot dog target. In order to not sin, students, you would have to hit the center of that target perfectly every single time for the rest of your life without error never a millimeter off that's impossible there is no chance so what now we apparently came to sin we came to sabotage the entire tournament to to make north korea win now we've been found out there's arrows everywhere nothing's hit the target we're happy with that we're good but then security comes. We accidentally shot somebody. We've broken the rules. We're going to get kicked out anyways, but now we're going to get arrested. We've been told we're going to go back to the United States immediately. We're going to go to the White House, and we're going to sit right in front of the president in the Oval Office. He's going to sit right there, stare straight in, his, straight in our eyes, and he's going to tell us, you failed. You failed me. You failed America. We dishonored him. We, treated, we, we cheated. We murdered somebody. We committed treason. We disobeyed and rebelled against authority. And so he's going to send us to our death. We're going to go to the electric chair. Student, friends, don't take any notes. Don't look at your phone. Just look at me. This is the most serious thing that we could ever talk about. It's not a joke. I've used funny examples. This is not a joke. You and I failed God, both of us. We are sinful. We are guilty. We don't get a second chance. We don't get a timeout. God is perfect and holy. In order to be with him, we would have to be perfect and holy. And any small sin, even a little sin, like a small white lie or I stole a piece of gum from my friend's wallet, that's enough for God to punish us. It's like someone I heard once used this example. If I went to a car lot like a, a junkyard, and I scraped a car, it would be weird. Probably, I'd probably get kicked out. That's probably it. Or maybe they just make me buy the car for like 10 bucks. Go to a used car lot, scratch the car, get fined. Go to a new car lot, scratch the car, get arrested. Go to like a Ferrari car lot, scratch the car, bigger punishment. If I went to the president's car and scratched it, I'd probably get shot before I even made it to the car. <laughs> right? So as the value of what I sinned against went up, even though it's the same exact sin, my punishment increased. 
And God, when I sin, I'm sinning against the perfect, infinite, holy God. And one white lie, when I tell my mom I brushed my teeth and I didn't, that's enough for God to condemn me to hell, eternal conscious torture for all of eternity. And that's you and me right now. That's really heavy. But like I said, it's serious and we have to talk about it. Sin and punishment is like earning money. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. So like when I go to a job and I earn a wage, I earn money. When I sin, I earn death. I deserve this. God did not decide to punish me for no reason. I did it. He has to judge me because he's a good judge. So what hope do we have? Well, like Hawkeye and Avengers, some guy, as we're getting arrested, pops out of nowhere with an American suit on, and without even looking, he fires 10 arrows straight into the center of the target. Perfect arrows. He gets victory, he goes gets the gold medal, and he comes to us, and on the way over, he's making a phone call. We don't know who he's talking to, and he starts walking to us as we head to the electric chair. He says, I don't know you, or you don't know me, but I'm the son of the president. And I've been, I've been sent here by him to come and win this contest for you. And I am offering you this gold medal and the victory and forgiveness on one condition. I'm going to go to the electric chair, and you can come with me. But if you go, and you go to my father, when you go to that White House, and you confess that you've sinned and you've done wrong, and you don't want to live like that anymore, and you trust that all ten arrows that I fired are enough to win, and I will forgive you and give you that gold medal, and you trust and submit to my father, the president's authority, he'll forgive you, he'll give you the gold medal, you'll get the victory, not because you deserved it, not because you earned it, because that's what I did, and I've come to take your place. Student, that's what Christ did. Those 10 arrows are all 10 commandments, and when he came as a baby, up until he was 33 and died, he lived perfectly for us. He never failed, and he did that so he could someday go get crucified on a cross, taking the punishment we deserve this is the hope that we have. We are standing condemned, student, and we have to know that. But we have such a wonderful and sweet God that he would send his only son to die for us. And all we have to do is repent of our sin and run to the arms of Jesus and trust in him and what he's done for us. And he will forgive us and we will stand, not with a gold medal, but with his righteousness that we did not earn. And we will stand with Christ and with the Father forever and all of eternity because of what he has done for us. So sin is failing to represent God. It's disobedience. We do it because we are sinful by nature. We all do it, and we need someone to save us. We're going to talk about that more as we go on. But talk to your leader tonight, student. If you haven't trusted in Christ and repented of your sin, you stand in judgment. Let's pray. Lord.